Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of The Virtual Entrepreneur. The title of today's interview is Bootstrapping uh, and Overcoming Obstacle Tips, Tricks and Secrets. An interview with Sophia Noreen and she's going to be she's an entrepreneur, a mother and a business owner as well as working as a physiotherapy manager, is it? A clinic manager, yes, for oh different, uh, yeah, so I, I wear many hats. Oh God, that's a game, isn't it? Trading hats yeah. left, right, every time, isn't it? Yeah, so, so so today I'm talking with the expert, Sophia Noreen, and the focus on today's interview is going to be how to overcome the obstacles so you can scale your business while balancing work, life, personal development, and family. And if you're new to this podcast, my name is Herbert Innocent, and as I said, today I'm talking with Sophia Noreen. And Sophia is really an expert in terms of breaking down those barriers through ethnic uh, product celebration. Is sorry, through ethnic celebration products. So their company, their company offers celebration products to other uh, different companies such as Walmart all over Canada and the U.S. As far as I'm aware, am I right on that, Sophia Norin? Yeah, so we uh, offer, so also Sophia is a product-based business and that's where the entrepreneurial hat came into play. I, as a minority in the in North America, we uh, celebrate Eid and Ramadan um, and we had no celebration products. So I started to do the DIY and of course, I'm a busy mom, as you know, you know, two daughters at home, working a full-time job. I don't have time to DIY all my celebration products and I thought, why not have uh, products like for, you know, how we have it for Christmas and Easter and, and Halloween. Why don't we have these ready-made products available and have it available at a price point that is affordable? Because let's face it, not everybody is able to afford the Etsy as is, if your listeners know what Etsy is, it's a marketplace where people do make handmade goods. And I love Etsy, but the problem is they have a premium price tag on Etsy products. Not everyone can afford premium. So I went ahead and I started making products for specifically for our Eid and Ramadan, but now we're branching into other minority groups in North America and Europe so that they can also get ready-made products off the shelves at larger retailers. So we asked, uh, well, what happened was I was at a trade show and Walmart approached the booth um, and they asked, would you be willing to supply? And we supplied Walmart for two years in a row in Canada. And we do deliver to the US, but we are in Canada only on Walmart shelves at the moment. Uh, and that's a story for you, Herbert. I'm going to tell you and your listeners what happened because I launched in the middle of the pandemic twice. Oh so, my. <laughs> oh my. Oh so God. It it's not the it's not the extreme success story because you would think you know oh my gosh I know population wants it they they obviously want it we're doing fantastic on the website but you know in store has become a little bit of a hurdle for our shoppers so <laughs> okay okay you know uh, I think we're gonna dive deep into your backstory and how you got started so that we can really understand because even though the times have changed and let's be honest the world is really changing faster than we thought mm -hmm. a few months ago it was really different and today it's like okay so people yeah. are now hiding in their homes so there's a completely different reality and so these business has to go on people still have to live so even there i know there's a lot of businesses and a lot of people you know trying new things to adapt into the current scenario and so it would be great if you could share some of your tips and everything that whatever story you feel like you you know you 
you've learned whatever you've learned tip tricks and all this good stuff now mm-hmm. one thing that i wanted to say was i wanted to welcome you here officially and i realized i had <laughs> i had just jumped into asking you a few questions here and there without even welcoming you and uh usually the way the podcast work is for the listeners who don't know is that my first question usually will turn to focus on asking uh Sophia Norina about her background you know education uh story uh, family and then mm-hmm. even how she got started into the business and then we're going to go into asking you know some of the things that she would like to share in terms of uh you know tips tricks and secrets about bootstrapping and and overcoming obstacles so that the audience in our you know you know community of virtual entrepreneurs can understand mm-hmm. okay so i can use this here this there and then they can relate as well to the stories that we are about mm-hmm. to hear today so yeah. i'm going to If you're ready I'm going to start with my first question then we can yeah, yeah we can go awesome 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 so could you tell us a little bit about yourself now you did share a little bit there but could you tell yeah. us a little bit about yourself in terms of education background and experience on how you got started exactly Yeah so um I trained as a physiotherapist or mm. physical therapist as some people refer to the title and I was very fortunate uh, to be doing that career working in a local hospital and was promoted to be an assistant manager realized that I I really did enjoy physiotherapy but I'm the type of person that likes change that likes to start things from you mm-hmm. I have an idea I want to act on it and unfortunately in the environment that I was in the hospital you can imagine has a lot of bureaucracy it's a bigger it's a bigger organization we have 5000 people in that hospital organization and mm. you know things take time to get started and go but for somebody like myself who likes to get things moving quickly mm. it wasn't the right match and i think that i've learned that over the years being a self starter and wanting to execute quickly sometimes your job or organization even your career may not be a, the right match for you if that somebody you know that you've identified yourself to be that way or vice versa if you're in a startup and they're moving very quickly and you're the type of person that doesn't like change and that comes down to the personal development side you know really understanding who you are as a person takes time and then you know you find the right match after that so that was where i was about uh 3 years ago and i just didn't feel right and at the same time i was basically coming up with this plan for the also sofia company which i mentioned earlier I had started it off with money envelopes and I did a kind of a semi risky thing. I designed the money envelopes and I got them produced overseas because I wanted them to be at a good price point for our customers and I didn't off I didn't get any samples. So the thing is when you get samples made it costs a lot of upfront capital to make a sample. So I just produced the whole batch. They printed it out for me and I, you know looked over the video and I got it brought over and it was a hit and I kind of thought to myself you know am i going to let that go i'm sitting here very comfortably in this job and i can retire in this job they've given me my retirement package they say at 55 if you retire you get your full salary for the rest of your life if you die it gets passed on to your your spouse right so think about that for a second in there's nothing there's nothing like that any longer they don't give out those pensions anymore so i was in a very difficult position in that am i going to let go of my idea this entrepreneurial idea obviously I had the entrepreneurial spirit am i going to let that go and sit comfortably and that was where i decided you know what happened basically that one day i was at a another like show it was wasn't a trade show it was more like a vendor vending event so there was customers and i mentioned to some colleagues that that's what i had done over the holiday break so we were in beginning of january and 
they asked, well, what did you do in the holiday break? And I said, oh, I went to this event and I showed them the products. And they're like, they looked at me and they said, how are you still working this job? You know, you have something here. And they were like, how can, and I knew, see, this is where it comes to, comes to the whole bootstrapping business. The whole, the whole thing with bootstrapping. I'm working my job to fund the business, but my time and energy is lacking now. I can't continue running a business like this and still working full time. And then of course, still managing the household and the kids, right? We don't have the backup help at home. So that is the reality of it, right? So I literally, I, I gave my notice and then this is where it gets interesting. I gave my notice and then I told another person that I was leaving the job. I said, don't worry, I'm gonna you know, transition the role. So you'll have somebody sitting in my seat and whatnot. It was another clinic in the community. And that clinic said to me, what? We want you to come and work for us. What do you need us to do? And I said, well, I'm not working full time anymore because I wanted to, of course, spend some time working on the business. And of course, to get rebalance the life. I, my husband worked a very hectic job and he wasn't able to manage the kids. So obviously it falls on me and I didn't want to hire anybody. So I said, I'm only going to work part time. So they created the role to be part time. And they actually written the contract that they would you know, accommodate for my family. And so it's interesting because I was ready to dive in and then I kind of got pulled back in. And so hence the reason I'm still working as a clinic manager in an organization, it is a bit smaller than the hospital. It's still within the same geography, but the organization is a bit more nimble. It fits my personality type. I've been able to make good, good gains in that clinic as well. Like for the, for the community, it's a publicly owned funded clinic. So you know, I'm still, my, my roots are still sitting in there, mm. but I have been able to move also Sophia at the same time. So that was, you know, after that we did the Walmart and we did another bookstore in Canada called Indigo. Um, and so it's been a wild ride, a wild journey, but you know, then COVID hit. So uh, it, COVID has um, put a few snags in our plans, unfortunately, but I think that's the journey of entrepreneurship. I think that's what everybody has to be really willing and ready to be embracing if they are going to take that journey. I don't think you can't predict the future. If we had, if we could predict the future, you know, it wouldn't be as fun. Entrepreneurship would be kind of, you know, okay, you might as well work your job then because if you work your job, you're always going to have your income. You always have that paycheck coming through, right? So, yeah. Well, all. Uh, I would say not always, because sometimes you never know when the company decide, hey, we need to downsize. And I think, uh, and I think for a lot of uh, some of the entrepreneurs that have come across, that is the biggest fear because you could have worked for it half your life, half your, maybe not your life, that's a long time, but you could have <laughs> worked, <laughs> you could have worked there for ten years, twelve. I've heard cases of someone who has only worked their you know their, their entire professional career and mm -hmm. then suddenly they are being told you know you we can't support all the employees and i thought to myself he's on the ver on the urge trying to retire how do you so sometimes it's that element of being you know put in a position where you are forced uh to go and look for other means that you know drive us so i understand what you mean there in terms of uh you know there's a security, I think, uh, that comes with the job. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. You just show up, yeah. get it done, you go home, yeah. you sleep. That's it's, right. It's a nice routine. It's a very predictable <laughs> routine. That's right. Which is very nice and comfortable. But uh, I think sometimes 
that comfort has its own i don't know what you'd call the word for it but it's it's only comfortable for today but not so much for tomorrow if that makes sense um yeah. and i think it depends on your personality too i was sitting too comfortably it wasn't mm-hmm. not it was not harmonious with my personality type i like yeah. to do things i like to get i like to experiment and try things out and it was just too comfortable yeah. being in that you are a self starter yes yeah i guess so yeah yeah <laughs> that's what you said i mean i i, I wanted to ask yeah. you this actually you said you yeah. mentioned earlier that you know um you started this company because you like doing things but i wanted to get your your what was the drive what was the want beside wanting to do something new wanting to, mm. to have that control what else was the drive for you in starting sofia also sofia you know i grew up in a, a very small rural town in mm. canada and mm-hmm. i was the only minority one mm. me and my siblings mm-hmm. and uh you know we had a few other families but we stood out and i think just not being included in all the celebrations we were not allowed or even if we were allowed it was not was celebrated within our family unit so it was a bit different so being inclusive you know having equity and inclusion is a big foundation for me as a person um i studied anthropology growing up in school i've studied abroad i did placements in kenya and so for physiotherapy and worked in villages so i think being able to execute for me on getting these products on the shelf was i felt my responsibility because I'm a first generation of course my parents are brought up uh, were born in India my mom came to Canada when she was 13 my dad came when he was 20 but I was here I was one of the earlier uh South Asians in the Toronto area and now if you look at our area you know we have many people from all over the globe that do identify as being muslim who celebrates these ethnic traditions or celebrates basically these I guess it would be considered ethnic uh in this in this environment they call it uh, ethnic festivities and i said nobody else will be able to execute i knew i was able to you know i and i felt like okay it's my responsibility now to do it because i know i you know it's really interesting because my friend my best friend she i laugh her name's laura uh so she i laugh because when we got on a call with somebody walmart said yes let's let's do the deal right and so Uh she grew up in a retail family her parents used to own a dollar dollar store so they had some connections with uh some individuals that supplied also to big retail and so we got on the phone with one of her uncle's friends and I said to the friend I said okay uh so we're going to get a warehouse and um we'll get a a company to help us overseas because obviously I'm not traveling to the east to do this I'm doing all virtually hence virtual entrepreneur really fits well with this. <laughs> <laughs> I have never traveled overseas guys. I do this all through the computer. So it's everything anything is possible. And so I said, "Okay, so we're going to get a forwarder. We're going to do this. We're going to put in a warehouse. We're going to do that." And Laura looks at me. She's like, "I'm going to vomit." Because she couldn't see all those steps. It was too overwhelming for her. And so for but for me, I was like, I could I could see like I could see how we were going to do this. And so isn't it not my responsibility then to make it happen if I can see it? you know like that, you mean, that yeah. yeah so yeah i hope that answers your question but i felt no, like it does yeah yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah i think uh, uh i wonder if this is a rephrasing what you're saying we feel like uh we are called upon to be of service to others right and sometimes the type of service we can provide only we have a specific maybe maybe mindset and will combined with our own personal energy that makes us unique to provide it in a way 
that we see will fit our communities. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. is that's the angle you're going with there because I I I I I can understand that. I think it's a yeah. and the sense of responsibility really resonates because a uh, community family all these things yeah. coming together and then you seem to be very centered around those it seems community is a very big part of your life is that correct 100% 100% and our social media like it's a community that has really helped lift the company up even when we speak to Walmart you know we're a very small vendor mm-hmm. right remember this is a beast of a company yes. right? they have yeah. 4000 stores alone in the US and we have 400 some in Canada mm-hmm. and i don't know what they have globally but it's a to be yeah so to deal with us as a small small two person company it, it's insane to if you think about it hmm. but what what they realize is that we have a community behind us yeah so you know so yes i i think to your point it, it's definitely a community dr- driven initiative for me and equity inclusion and then being able to see the vision to get it to that place i think again a sense of responsibility and, and service to our community and to others communities as well for sure we're going to be expanding so uh, very very grateful to have people on the team that do identify with additional minority groups so we're very invested to get that completed for them as well and uh we're going to get to the challenge of the covid bits and all the other obstacles in the oh world. yeah but i wanted to ask you cuz you you're really centered around this community element and i really love it and i wanted to ask did you ever have a mentor or someone who you know helped you develop that passion for community and uh connection I mean I've I've been in uh I've been in community groups before and I don't know if I had a mentor specifically for that uh for business here and there I've taken guidance but no nobody that I met with regularly enough to be considered a mentor I've had a mentor conversations um and then in regards to community like i was a part of a definitely part of a community and and i would use them as a focus group more so um they obviously gave me lots of feedback because they were from the community i was serving and uh the mentor in that group she definitely guided me so i guess i guess in a in a way yes i did have a group that i started with and i think sometimes that is important for an entrepreneur just starting because it is scary right mm-hmm. and if you're not well um supported then it's difficult for you to be able to well it was not difficult it's definitely possible i shouldn't say it's difficult it's always possible but it might be more difficult because you don't know where you're going it's really uh it's, it's very foggy right that path mm-hmm. is foggy mm-hmm. it's not like the it's not like the path that i was given with my physiotherapy job in the hospital where they handed me my pension plan and say so you're working here for 25 years or 35 years and when you retire you're going to have your full salary that's not a foggy path mm-hmm. right the, the the entrepreneurship is so foggy mm-hmm. and yes you do need to you you should you should for your mental health and well-being it's a good idea to have a mentor or a, a community to help support you and i you know i'm just that's a great it was a great question because i never thought about how that may have been impacting me mm-hmm. although i wasn't an active member in the group you know i signed up i was in it having that knowledge that there was other women like me that were doing something similar mm. was enough. Yeah. And I think you know, if you're in this and you don't have like-minded individuals living in your vicinity, then having a community is great. I I really do think it's great. Yeah. A great investment, a great time. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. And I think uh 
being in a community and having an influence in the community also puts you on the radars even of the giants that you're talking about like walmart like big business partners who otherwise would consider you you know to be too small to to be partner with them because mm-hmm. uh anyway it's a, it's a, it, i don't want to dive <laughs> i don't want to deviate too far from the the main topic but yeah it's absolutely is very you know uh, important um like what you say there as in it's it, it allows you to provide to get the support you need so when you were talking about that i was you know i was thinking about all these things because you do really radiate as a person who really values community mm-hmm. and sometimes and sometimes as entrepreneurs i know from myself it's easier to get down head down on the things you're doing and forget all these other important factors that just helps us so much more so hearing you saying that was like oh yes that's a really big thing that people should be conscious of so that's a that's a good uh, uh it's a good point that i would definitely recommend anyone who's actually on this adventure on this uh in this game now my mm-hmm. next question is a uh, is on a uh, we were talking a little bit and you say there that you know when you started your business then covid hit now not to lead too much into the covid side of things but i'm wondering what is the biggest obstacle that you feel you faced in terms of building your business ooh i think getting over my own inhibition like my own hmm let me rephrase that getting over my own mindset obstacles being able to sell is a big thing for me because i worked in the public faith for so long i was in the i was a public servant working in a hospital as a physiotherapist i've never had to charge for my time i've never needed to charge uh for products now when you charge for products that's different right yes, because yeah. physically you see what's being exchanged and no mm. one really questions mm, mm, mm. right so mm. that's that part i am now moving a little bit more sorry the start again my kids you could probably hear that on the mic it's so sensitive there she's banging her feet and running <laughs> Hello, <laughs> entrepreneurship work life balance and balance, family yeah hey. right there right, right there. there right there <laughs> um so but you know slowly i'm moving into the space of helping people get their businesses off the ground just because people were asking so much right i was getting uh inquiries still getting inquiries how can you help us we see that you did this with your business how x y and z so me being able to charge my, for my time is very difficult it's very difficult for me to say this is the, the price tag for my time mm-hmm. and so i think mindset for me over the whole the whole journey so far has been the most difficult even speaking up and saying yeah that's what i want to do no that's not what i want to do it took me so long to quit my traditional job i th- i just changed positions thinking that was a problem but it was never the problem the problem was that i was in the wrong organization i mm-hmm. needed to be in an organization that was more nimble and quick mm-hmm. and Yes, I could have done physiotherapy and uh, opened my own phys- physical uh, physical therapy physiotherapy rehab clinic. That was an option, but for some reason it wasn't speaking to me. So mm-hmm. listening to your own intuition, you know, having the mindset to sell, I think those are the biggest obstacles I've had to overcome so far. Wow. That is yeah, I can I, I can imagine actually. Uh, I can that totally speaks to me there. <laughs> so I yeah. totally understand. Yeah, charging for time is not Yeah, it's not uh how did you how did you I suppose how, how did it click for you be like okay, it's okay to do this. What helped you? Char- charge for time? Yeah. 
So I'm still struggling with it. It's definitely not, I'm, not, I'm definitely not uh, an expert at it yet, but I've realized that the people who are willing to invest monetarily are those who are willing to take action. Mm-hmm. And not to say that you can't get a hold of me or any of my information without, not saying that you have to pay for it. Like we also have a podcast, which is definitely for free, right? You can go and you can get all the knowledge from there. But people are less likely to take action unless they pay. So for me to charge, even if I charge and I turn it around and, you know, potentially give it all to charity, at least you have invested your energy through money and now you're more likely to take action. So I realize in a way that I'm doing my students a disservice if I just say to them, okay, well, you know, uh, it's for free then they they may not do anything with it because they realize that they're not being held accountable Mm. versus if you pay for it you're almost held accountable right it's like anything Mm. um free classes people you have a lower attendance right versus and it's also like you get the self-selected individual so you you can then give your information and your energy to people who you know will be taking the time and energy to go so it's almost like a selection process people you know who may who can not afford right now they can definitely absorb content in a different fashion that's for free but anybody who needs more hand holding or higher touch those are the individuals that we know likely will try to move forward with their business because now they're willing to invest in their in themselves and in the business by getting the information so it's still a process for me but that's kind of how i've been reasoning through it so that way it's easier for me to say okay well that's how much it's going to cost I think it's uh, I I <laughs> I like that reasoning because it took me a very long time to come to that to to learn that reasoning and I actually didn't come to it I saw someone else teaching it I was like it's mm. a good idea so hearing you as saying that again uh, is is bringing back uh, you know uh, good old memories of when you mm. started from mm-hmm. the beginning because it is quite tricky to charge on your time mm-hmm. and especially at the start I think it's a very it's a very tricky now let's say let's say uh, um if you're in the in this case you're you know you're teaching your students and so they're going to go about and do something mm-hmm. what what would you have done if your case was selling service but not necessarily teaching would you think that will still apply to the same mindset will still apply so for what example so yeah, for example anything. if you were doing physio therapies mm-hmm. right you open your mm-hmm. own clinic right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. obviously as a as a physiotherapy that is your area of expertise so you know mm-hmm. what to charge but mm-hmm. let's say for example in this case you didn't know what to charge but you had the business and right. even though you're charging for time do you think that's what would you still use the same reasoning to to apply the prices and everything yeah so you're thinking you're so you're comparing if i worked as a physiotherapist in the clinic compared to if i worked as like a business mentor or business yeah because so. yeah and the reason why i'm asking that is because i'm imagining let's say um i'm let's take my example when i was starting i started uh, in the photography section and one of the mm-hmm. things that i really struggled was i could photograph i was photographing for business corporates and um my pricing wasn't matching to the standards mm. of the professional level but my services were mm-hmm. and my clients were recommending me to put my prices so that my services mm-hmm. wouldn't look less but mm-hmm. comfortably my heart just it was a fight a battle within myself and so i'm wondering i can understand how you could charge that if you were teaching because 
you want them to get better results and so you're like hey if you invest in yourself you will apply the material but then in this case if i was doing photography i've just given them the result <laughs> yeah so i'm wondering how do you would the same mindset apply or would you think uh, is there something else that uh, they can do i think i think i i totally understand so so in the you know if if the students are selecting themselves they're investing and then they're going ahead and applying and that's the reasoning i'm giving to myself to justify the cost mm. and then you're in, and you're saying well how am i going to justify the cost for offering the best quality photography services because i've already given them the result so think of it this way if you were able to take less clients because you're charging more money you would be able to give them an even better service and second a lot of people for some reason have always attributed price point to better quality so you're actually reducing your quality in their mind that's why they're so surprised when they get the result they're like wait a second why did he charge so low his quality is so good he should charge higher so you're actually almost deceiving i'm doing air quotes for anybody listening to the <laughs> podcast you're deceiving your clients thinking they're going to get a sub premium product and then you surprise them and you give them a very good price a very good product and they're saying your price and your product are not matching up so for there's a i'll give you a very interesting analogy so if you know like louis vuitton bags are there's many fakes out there and there's many original bags if i go and give you an original louis vuitton bag and i price it as a fake then it becomes a fake right that's yes. just society yeah. Yeah. so if yeah. you if you're like the louis vuitton if you're the original and you're doing that level of work you should be pricing it at that level so it's not deceptive and if you maybe reframe it that way it'll be easier for you to say oh you know i have the quality work that my colleagues do in the community so i have to price it at that yeah. and that's it another way of reframing it actually is by saying to yourself i can't price myself lower because it would put my colleagues my community of photographers at risk and questioning why their work is at that price point so i have to match that standard mm-hmm. i don't know if that helps i think <laughs> i think it makes sense yeah no for me it makes sense and now i understand it but i i think it's something that you have to it's like learning to walk isn't it it's like a maybe not walk cuz you do that before you realize what you're doing <laughs> it's like learning to maybe ride a bicycle right it's when you're on top and you're like oh okay i just have to keep paddling and steering really that's the magic and so before you get to it you're worried about all these things like balancing how do you actually do balancing and it's really yeah. hard to explain these things until you just take the initial step and then move cuz for me <laughs> i i had to try and tell myself over and over and over as well as tell my clients why the service is now this price and they accepted mm-hmm. i didn't i never lost a client at all but it's just your i think we hold ourselves back by not knowing some by being ignorant some of the facts you know when you're learning in terms so when you're learning uh, how to position ourselves as a, a, a service provider so i think yeah that makes sense there and uh thank you so much for clarifying that for <laughs> you know helps. for audience and everything like that now i'm going to jump into the next set of our questions here and uh mm-hmm. i think we've already really jumped into there but what i'm going to do is we're going to try and see if uh we can pick up any key lessons that you think the audience uh might enjoy learning in terms of uh, helping them bootstrap 
their company, especially in the current climate or at the stage that they are at, you know, overcoming mm-hmm. some obstacles. Is there any cool trick that you figured out, um, you know, when you're learning about, you know, businesses or a cool story that you think will really help our audience when it comes to, you know, learning how to bootstrap and build a community around their mm-hmm. company and brands? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. No matter what you're doing, it could be service, it could be product. I would always say to come up with the minimal viable product. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard of that phrase mm-hmm. before, MVP. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because a lot of people take a lot of energy and time to think about it, and they take a lot of energy and time to produce something, be it service, be it business, be it product, and they don't remember that they have to sell that to somebody. Mm-hmm. And so, come up with the idea, come up with the you you know the concept. And then go and look to people who you think are your ideal customer. Mm-hmm. So don't spend too much energy and time. Like get it to about 80%, I would say, that you would sell the concept. And then make sure you still in tandem are finding your pond of people. So you may have to go to somebody else's pond. Mm-hmm. You may have to go to another community. You may have to go to another Facebook group. Wherever you're looking for this pond, right? Mm-hmm. So my pond was on Instagram, I went and started following a bunch of pages that were similar to the one I wanted to create. I saw who was their ideal audience. Then I said, okay, that's my ideal audience. Then I went ahead and I started making, you know, friends, I guess, through that function. It, it, it is a friendship, right? At the beginning, you know, when you make a really strong connection. And then I, another really big trick, and this might be a bit more advanced, but once you get your initial product offering, service offering and you know who your ideal client is and you start those conversations up you can look for a community a paid community and and join it or a free community and join it on facebook and then you know a lot of people say go in facebook comment be an active member that's another way of finding your people and then the more advanced strategy would be we did influencer marketing campaigns and that is that's where we made our solid uh footprint in our community we mm-hmm. ran influencer marketing campaigns obviously it was an investment mm-hmm. but it worked and so social selling is very impactful it could be for services as well like for you as a photographer you could do a bunch of uh pro like pro bono sessions for affiliates and and mark and influencers and they would then go and talk about how good you were as a photographer over mm-hmm. and over and over again mm-hmm. and eventually you would build that community around you saying oh we're you know, we're huge fans mm-hmm. of this photographer mm-hmm. and um, we highly recommend him. And then they, they keep giving referrals and whatnot. So I, I think people tend to forget that when you build a community around you, you're not just a product yeah. or a commodity anymore, a service, you are actually turning into a brand. Mm-hmm. And that's really what's going to set you apart when the competition comes because com- yeah. competition will come. They're, yeah. they're always going to come. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's fine that they come. You should invite competition because it makes your brand stronger. It makes your company stronger. And remember, there's no, in our community anyways, we don't have one grocery store. We have hundreds of grocery stores. And the reason why is because different grocery stores serve different people. So different photographers will serve different photographers. Mm -hmm. And so if you have that mindset, it is a shift because people are, you know, not comfortable with competition. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and if you say, if you embrace that and and, and you, and you work to build a brand up through your community and using those strategies, you can face the competition. The competition will come and go. They won't have a chance. 
That is that awesome. A lot of information. <laughs> a lot of information for That's you. That's perfect. That is perfect. I mean, we are here. We are here to try and uh, you know get all this stuff so we can progress forward. And uh, yeah, I think definitely. Uh, I can see a lot of things there that uh, you know entrepreneurs can take and start you know working with you know from joining groups. Uh, you mentioned influencer marketing and uh, joining you know different pages and following other people, learning from what they're doing. So I can mm-hmm. see a lot of tips there that if you know if you just take the time and uh, take the little steps forward, because yeah. it really is a, a step-by-step process where you know you don't have to try and do everything at once. So that That's makes right. a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I appreciate that as well. One thing I was going to ask is if you have any little secrets, because I know a lot of business owners have a lot of secrets that led them to where they are. Uh, yeah. Do you have any little secret that you want to share with us today? Oh, I'll show you. I'll share a big secret. Okay, so yeah. I, uh, I, I, you know, LinkedIn, you know, yes. the LinkedIn. So I really wanted our, okay, well, I'll start, I'll back up. So um, the story goes like this. I wanted to be part of uh, a vending of an event, right? And the event had applications. I didn't make the application. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And I was kind of annoyed, right? This is where the entrepreneur or drive comes in. I was like, I'm not going to give up. This is ridiculous. I want to be, I want to be in the community. I want to do this stuff. So I said, forget it, forget the event. Obviously they have too many people that they've already put in their, in their roster of vendors. So I decided I'm going to go even bigger. So I went and I went to the bookstore. So we have a bookstore in Canada called Indigo Bookstore. And uh, it's like a department store bookstore. So it's not just for our community. Anybody can go to this bookstore. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I would say, a higher end bookstore. So they sell like premium types of products. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the bookstore and I said, um, you have many people that celebrate Eid and Ramadan in this neighborhood. Would you be willing to carry these products. So I gave them some samples of the products, some onion envelopes, the gift bags. And I think I had the plush dolls available at the time. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, this looks really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here is the address for the consignment manager. So mm-hmm. consignment means, you know, I put the stuff on their shelves and they'll pay me for it when the item is sold. Otherwise I take back the stock. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so I went home and I, and I emailed and then the email bounced. And I was like, oh no, I got the wrong email address. But I knew her name. So I went on LinkedIn and I found her and I messaged her on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and she responded right away mm-hmm. and it was a deal was made. She was so happy. Mm-hmm. She needed the products because her, pro- <clears throat> her, of course, her, um, her entire community is coming inside their store asking for these things. They don't have it. Yeah, yeah. And so it was a great match. So the sto- so there's two parts to the story. Really, one, when an opportunity goes away, that means there's a bigger and better opportunity waiting for you to so go look for it. And second, when you have an incorrect email address or something is not right, you still can find it. You just have to get really crafty. You mm. have to get really, they call it um, uh, scrappy. People say scrappy, right? So I got mm-hmm. scrappy. I went mm-hmm. on in LinkedIn and I was looking for her that way. Mm-hmm. So don't don't take no, right? Yeah, just make yeah. sure you keep, you keep plunging ahead. Otherwise, you're gonna shut down the first time you have an obstacle. Oh, that is a good one. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like it. Uh, and I, I absolutely agree. I think every time an opportunity has, you know, gone sideways, there's always seems to be something else bigger and better ahead. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I love this example. I love this example. Um, is, there, is there anything, um, any other juicy tips, <laughs> tricks or secrets that you'd like to share? 
Um, okay, I'll give you one more. And uh -huh. then Herbert, I have I have a three o'clock too, so I'm gonna have to get off in yeah, ten yeah, minutes. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's also that's also, yeah, we are almost done here. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um I guess another juicy tip is really take time for yourself. Mm -hmm. I I really do believe you need to have boundaries as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur mm -hmm. as and as a parent, of course. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten very strict with the way I plan my day. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously a process to get to that place as well. But make sure you have put boundaries around your time. And I know a lot of us will burn the midnight oil. They'll stay up late at night to finish things. Mm -hmm. Once in a while, that's fine. But, you know, the sleep is going to help with your creativity. Mm -hmm. And I really do truly believe that entrepreneurship is a marriage between creativity and science. Mm. So if you're not creative, you will not be able to come up with good solutions when you hit obstacles. And if you're not scientific when it comes to looking at the numbers and calculating what's working, and you know, making those great uh, educated guesses. If you can't do those things because you're not eating well, you're not sleeping well, you're not exercising, then you're gonna burn out and your business is gonna fail. Mm. So you are the number one driver. You are the pilot of that of that aircraft, the, mm. what, the captain of the ship. Mm. And if you mm. fall asleep at the wheel, then you're you're gonna crash. Yeah. So that's that's another success. I, I'm really uh, I, I sleep well, I eat well, I used to exercise well before COVID. I have no excuse. I should be exercising. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're still in lockdown. So I don't know how Ireland is right now, but in Canada, we're still in a, a little bit of a lockdown. So yeah, yeah. we are the same here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> our pandemic. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but uh, absolutely. I think you are you are the captain of the ship. And really, if you don't know, if you if you fall down, you know, unconscious, then your ship is just going to go to shipwreck, you know, crash wherever the wherever as it's going to go. And I think uh, as entrepreneurs, we forget that we are the driver. We forget that we, we, we are so busy trying to create. That is another really, really good tip there on personal development. That is, if you don't look after yourself, you really can't look after anything else or anyone else, even your teammates. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you shared that. It's something that comes up over and over and over. But it doesn't go away. It's just just because you've heard it. It doesn't mean it's gone. It's yeah. real. It's real. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And as and I think as entrepreneurs, we, we have this mindset where we think, you know, okay, so I know that that means I've done it. No, no. There's a difference between knowing and doing as well. So yeah. I want to thank you so much for this wonderful interview. Uh, I am actually quite excited and that I had this opportunity. And I'm sure the audience. Uh, you know the entrepreneurs in our audience have gotten a lot of tips tricks and value that they can act upon so that they are able to bootstrap their businesses and overcome you know uh, these obstacles so thank you so much for sharing this yeah, insider stuff and uh it's just it's been great fun for me it's been great fun i hope for you it was great fun yeah, as well was it i loved it i loved yeah. it thank you so much it was a pleasure and i really enjoyed uh meeting you and speaking to your to your listeners awesome awesome but before we go can you tell us uh, just one little thing where can the entrepreneurs in the audience learn more about you and find out what you're doing all this great yeah, work yeah definitely um i apologize i hear noise in the background can you hear any of that? i can't hear anything okay good yeah, okay yeah, yeah. uh so you guys can check out the boss it podcast we do have a podcast so if they search boss it podcast or even just sophia it should come up sophia sayed or sophia narina should come up uh, we're on all, we're on Instagram as well. Hmm. So again, if they search Bossit Club on Instagram, we have a, a a good following there. We also have our the page which I keep referring to, where the community is at, is also underscore Sophia, 
And I don't know, Herbert, if you can hyperlink it in the show notes. That would yeah, be great yeah. for the listeners. Awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have your website here, which is also sophia.com. So yes, I'm going to be directing a lot of our audience there. And I think um, there's, a, there's a lot of lessons to be learned and a lot of value to be gained um, mm-hmm. from connecting with all the other entrepreneurs um, so that, you know, you are not in this alone, right? You are not doing this alone. There's, there's all these other people who have done some things that you want to do. So you can yeah. always learn, you can always connect, you can always, you know, partner up, you know, to advance forward. It's That's hard, right. It's hard to grow when you're by yourself, but it's easier to grow when you have mentors, when you have, you know, your friends and family supporting you from all over. And all these are other different things. But look, I could go on forever, but I want to thank you, <laughs> Sophia, Noreen, for sharing with us all your experience, expertise, and secrets and strategies for yes. bootstrapping and growing your company, balancing life, work, personal development, and family. That was a very, very pleasant experience. And I want to thank you all, the virtual entrepreneurs, for joining us in this episode the amazing presentation with Sophia Noreen that we got tricks, tips, and tools for bootstrapping your businesses and overcoming obstacles. And I hope you will get massive results from all these tips, tricks, and secrets. As always, I'm Herbert Innocent. Um, <laughs> and thank you for joining us on this episode of The Virtual Entrepreneur. And I'll talk, I want to invite you first to go and, you know, check out Sophia Noreen's website, which is also Sophia at which is at www.alsosophia.com today so you can learn more about Sophia Noreen. And aside from that, thank you for tuning in and I'll talk to you on our next episode of The Virtual Entrepreneur. Have a wonderful day.